Welcome to the Mac DevOps YVR podcast. This podcast is about the Mac DevOps YVR conference in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. This year, the conference is taking place June 10th, 11th, and 12th, 2020. We'll interview guests and discuss topics around managing Macs using open source software projects inspired by DevOps. Our goal is to encourage developers and IT to work together to solve problems for our community. For more information, see our website, mdoyvr.com. This is the Mac DevOps podcast. Welcome to episode number four of the Mac DevOps podcast. How's it going, JD? I'm doing well, Matt. How are you doing? You seem pretty calm and cool and collected. JD's always calm. And he looks very cozy. Sure. As I hover down here in my cold basement with my, uh, my strong, strong solutions. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're so cool in your duke. Branding. Your it's beanie. all about branding. That's my beanie. <laughs> is it We're cold slow. enough for a toque there? In uh, his basement, maybe. <laughs> yeah, in my basement it is. It's it's about eight, nine degrees Celsius is our high right now. But I don't see your breath, so two or three. <laughs> it's not really toque weather unless you can see your breath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I stand at the corner of Portage and Maine and Winterpeg, and then you'll see you, you know, if you can survive. Yeah, I don't want to live anywhere that uh, only has about 10 days of summer. Oh, it gets pretty hot and the mosquitoes attack you and, you know, drain you of all blood and life supplies. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a special guest today, Alex Narvi from Winnipeg. Hey, hey. How's it going, Alex? Going well. It's a nice snowy day in Winnipeg. <laughs> Snow. I was walking around in shorts in Vancouver, but you were probably walking around in shorts in beachwear in, in Winnipeg too, right? No, I wasn't, but there there was a there was a Blue Bombers fan who uh, spent the last twenty five years in shorts because he vowed not to not to wear pants until the Blue Bombers won the Grey Cup again. So finally, this October, he he could uh, <laughs> November he could wear pants again. Wow! Uh, quarter century, huh? To get to- Back in the pants. <laughs> At that point, do you even do you even bother? You know? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's like Guinness Book of World Records material. It's pretty hard to wear. Sh- he said, I think he said he was only going to wear pants uh, for like a funeral. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, to show some respect. That's that's awesome. That's definitely awesome. Got some hardcore people in Winnipeg. You're the shorts kind of guy, Matt. Yeah, I, um, I don't know if I'd wear shorts even at a funeral, but uh, uh, I walk around some some clients and they're all very corporate with their suits and I'm walking around in shorts and a hoodie. But, you know, they always say dress for the job you want. That's the job I want. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get funny looks riding back and forth on my bike in, in sub-zero weather and, and bike shorts so you know yeah i i've definitely uh you know it's a modification of the uh, pants rule for biking you can wear like a rain pants over your shorts you sure. know sure or or a, a warm layer because even in vancouver it gets very cold back when i was riding my bike in the early mornings i've been on a uh, was it four month uh, reprieve or four or five months since my bike accident but uh, you know i when it, when it gets warm out, I think about riding my bike. Woo. Well, I'm a little older than you guys, so I'd probably wear a shirt and tie to work every day. <laughs> but then I would be 
so far overdressed compared to my clients that it just wouldn't it wouldn't work. So I, I don't. Well, you always look sharp, Alex. Uh, <laughs> why, why don't you tell us about yourself and what you do uh, briefly in Winnipeg? And- well, I'm not really DevOps. I'm sort of mini Mac mini DevOps. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I'm a, I'm an Apple member of the Apple Consultants Network, and I've got about 30 clients, uh, mostly in Winnipeg, but also spread across the prairies. All I've got a few in Vancouver, mostly branch offices of their Winnipeg office, or vice versa. And um, yeah. I do the Apple consulting gig for, for these companies and have been doing that for uh, actually March 1st was uh, 26th year began. Wow. You had a pretty uh, awesome party for that uh, big month. Yeah, you, you came to my party. I flew to Winnipeg for a day. That's, that's yeah, the height, height of crazy. Awesome. How much I love you. And you've great. worn pants the entire time, huh? <laughs> I believe he was wearing shorts at the party. No. <laughs> There's no uh, no video recorded evidence of me wearing pants. Yeah, no, <laughs> just shorts. Uh, yeah, you have a lot of a lot of people uh, respect you, uh, Alex, in Winnipeg and throughout the world. Uh, you're doing an awesome job. You've been running a really cool website where you've been sharing all the cool things that you've figured out, learned, and cobbled together. Um, you are the humble creator of the redundant array of independent Mac mini servers. <laughs> oh yes. I was actually restarting the target disc mode on somebody's race array today. They had a power failure or something like that. And, uh, and you've definitely been scripting and doing a bunch of other things. You've been evolving with the times and learning new tricks. You haven't stopped. Um, you gave a pretty cool talk at Mac DevOps about uh, some FileMaker scripting you did for checking up certs and uh, when they were needed to be renewed and some cool solutions like that. That was really good, really awesome to see. Well, Mac DevOps YVR is my inspiration. That's that's where the big boys do their stuff and share it out, and that's what the boys and girls. <laughs> big boys and girls. Sorry. <laughs> The, the very generous, awesome A-team. folks. You get the A team out there. The A team, yeah. You get the benefit of their their tidbits. How many years have you been? Have you been to every one? Or I missed year two, I think. Mm. Into the rest. And definitely, I mean, what did you think about the conference? Uh, do you think it was just like way over your head, or what did you think initially? I mean, I know the name like DevOps sounds very. Uh, very different from the normal Apple consultant tech world that both of us came out of. I mean, I was a con- Apple consultant for a long time, so that's the world that I know, just being a normal IT person, sysadmin. And- well, some of it's clearly over my head, but the, I mean, the general idea of it and the, um, the way that people are uh, explaining what they do is so helpful that you can, you know, you can take lessons from that and you can buy into that. Like the, I think it was, might've been the first year I was there. The guys from Google talked about how they did stuff, you know, how they grew from like, I don't know, 25,000 computers to 128,000 computers. And they still only had the same number of people. They still had 11 people managing 128,000 computers. And it's just, it's unbelievable what they do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can seem so far out of reach. You're like, oh, 
I don't work at that scale. So what do I, what do I, what can I, you know, what can I do with this information? But then. Well, some know, of it comes down to really, really small scale. Like uh, I think uh, what really brought it home to me, I'd been exposed to people talking about monkey at conferences for a few years already, but then I read, went back and I reread or read the article, the, the series of three articles that, uh, that Greg Nagel did for Mac tech magazine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All you had to do was like, you already had Apache on your Mac, right? And yeah. there was just a few, you know, start Apache and do this, do that. And boom, monkey, his demo version of monkey was working already. And it's like, Oh, wow. Like I really understand that, you know, Greg's a great teacher. And then I, I got a hold of uh, Tom Bridges monkey in a box script. And, uh, and I, not very good scripter, but I was able to read his script because he put in so many comments and that just changed my whole life being able to, Oh, that's what that's doing. Oh, this is a way you can do that. And it was just fantastic. So I ended up doing a lot of scripting type things because of, you know, standing on the shoulders of those other guys, they, they sort of showed you how to do it or what you could do with it. And it was so beneficial to what I do. It's also a great point on documentation and your scripting when you go back to that so you know what you were trying to do, right, in English. Oh, yeah, especially if you're me. Like, you don't even know what the thing means the first time you type it. So <laughs> you better have a con there better be three lines of comment for every line of command in your script. I mean, it seems like every every day someone new is coming into the Slack monkey channel and asking about monkey and, you know, and they look at the wiki and there's just a great amount of documentation that's written there. And sometimes they're asking questions. And I think it was just today, Greg was like, here's the link. Just read through it. It answers all your questions. Just read this short page and then try and then ask some more questions after you read and try. And, you know, oh, um, monkey is the, the wiki for monkey is amazing. Yeah, and it's a very generous community and the wiki and the documentation and people can edit it um, and people add things when it helps, uh, you know, and they discover something new and a different way of doing it. But the uh, the demonstration set up for Monkey, I mean, yeah, I, it, it helped me get started. And uh, it's, like, yeah, like you said, from zero to 100, super quick. And you're like, whoa, I mean, I set up Monkey for if there's more than one machine I have to manage, I'm going to have Monkey running that. Um, you want to automate that, you know, you don't want to just go to people's machines and do that, you know, SNL sketch where you're telling people to move, move, you know, it's like you want, you, you want to automate and, and get this running. And even in some offices where I'm the only one using monkey, I use monkey kind of like a Git repository because it manages what is being managed. It keeps track of all the software that, you know, if some one person wants it, then I throw it in monkey and then everybody gets it or has the chance of getting it. And it really helps. Um, What's the smallest company you run Monkey for? Oh, I think there's an office. You know, it's a you know it's a small office, but it's like you know a, a Final Cut you know boutique studio with like hundreds of terabytes of storage. But I think there's three machines, maybe four machines, and yeah, Monkey and Monkey Report. It's just so much gold there, and you know why would I do one thing? <laughs> why would I do one thing four times when I can do it once and boom, you know, monkey can manage everything. Um, I have it for studios that started with five, then they're 10, they're 20. You can add, you know, you can grow them. I don't need 10,000 machines to make automation make sense. Um, you write one script, make it a self-service script. You, maybe you go to, you know, your GitHub page, grab your self-service scripts, throw them into monkey. And um, yeah, I mean, once I, once I, I, I'd, uh, 
took, uh, you know, drank the monkey juice. Uh, you know, Brian Warsing was telling me all about it for a long time. And finally, I, you know, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then, and then there was the second thing when you discover monkey report, Oh, oh it reports <laughs> on what monkey has done. It's like, yeah, I want these people to have Chrome and I want these people not to have Firefox or I want, you know, you, once you do those rules and you're like, oh, life is great, but then you don't know who has Chrome or who has updated their Flash. And so when you get monkey reporting, you're like, oh, three people don't have Flash or you get the DetectX plugin working and you're like, oh, one person actually did download MacKeeper. Oh, you know, and once you see monkey report, I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's a whole nother world of, you know, of, of awesome. So are either of you running monkey in the cloud? You, have you experimented with any of that? Well, thanks to you, kind of, I can say yes, sort of. <laughs> you turned me on to Linode. Ah, yes. Extremely inexpensive. And uh, I have a few clients that never come to their office. So like, you know, some salesman out in Saskatchewan or something like that. <clears throat> and I wanted to be able to provide for them. So I did, there was, I think might've been, Clayton Burleson or, or um, McSpadden uh, had uh, a one-page document on how to configure Nginx for, you know, how to start it up. And um, so all, all my cloud thing does is the packages. It just has the packages directory. And that carbon copy cloner syncs that from my master monkey up to the Linode so that all of my clients check into my master monkey for their repo information. And then they pick up their packages either locally or in the cloud. Excellent. Nice. Cause basically monkey is a web server, right? That's what, that's what yeah. Uh, yeah. monkey can be multiple web servers. One, when you set the right preferences for here's my package repo, here's my main repo. And I mean, what I, I thought I, I told you about monkey and I was like, yeah, I, you know, I, I taught Alex everything he knows. And then Alex was telling me about the package only, uh, 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 preference. I was like, Oh, I didn't know about that. I was just like, I hadn't noticed that at all. I was just oh, like, I just, you know, Mac admin slack. I got so jealous of all those Jamf guys posting what their self-service thing looks like. It's that I want that. Yeah, you you posted a, and you share an amazing self-service repo for Monkey in your GitHub, and I've been using that. I love the icons. I mean, your your attention to a detail for icon uh, iconography is amazing, and <laughs> some of the scripts might be questionable. I mean, why would you want to purge your, your mail, but you know, or mail cache, or but some of them are amazing, and some you know the self-service in Monkey is a, is an awesome addition and. Um, I've written a couple for my users to mount an XAN volume. I mean, you can just have a script run as root and have the users run it. And so it's a great idea. Um, I also want to talk about what you've been doing with monkey report. You've been very active in the monkey report channel, trying to figure stuff out. And lately your love of donuts and monkey uh, has uh, come together into one, one subject. <laughs> well, somebody posted again, you know, I think if this was Jamf MB or something, but somebody posted um, a donut, a colored oh right yeah donut chart of what their Catalina adoption was three hours earlier and then three hours later because I guess they were doing all the you know Catalina installs that day and so the amount of green Catalina installs took over their donut three hours later and I said I want that I want to see a colored donut and Monkey Report does have a macOS 
breakdown widget, but it's just a bar graph. Yeah, I think it was Eric Gomez. He had posted, um, and I think it might have been from Elastic or some other resource, but he had posted the donut was showing the OS breakdown. And, and then, then you got to work making your monkey report donut. <laughs> well, that was, that was fun. That was definitely fun because I didn't know what I was doing in the least little way. <laughs> well, then I was able to copy the widget that you'd made and, and, and hack at monkey report and try and get it to, to show. And now I have a nice, you know, OS breakdown widget in my dashboard. And, uh, um, I've also been recently trying to work on and writing a plugin, which has been, uh, uh, a little bit fun and, and, and complicated, but there's uh, that workshop we had last year, plus um, John Crane has a good blog uh, uh, series trying to explain how to build a, a plug-in. And uh, yeah, it's back to school for me trying to learn what this model view controller is all about. And, uh, you know, <laughs> but well, good, good luck with that. I mean, the, I've read through the documentation and it's, it's incredible, but it's still beyond me. I could not build a module. I just cobbled together this widget out of out of other widgets that had sort of parts of it. Like the, the donut comes from the monkey report uh, you know active inactive clients thing that's right. on the, on the main dashboard. But it didn't have um, it didn't have colors and it didn't have interactivity and uh, it was just yeah. And well, I hope, hope we can come up with some uh, new documentation. I've been working with a friend of mine who's uh, been helping me uh, code uh, this plugin. Just to, I, I like the pair programming model where I have somebody else that I can we can bounce ideas off of, and sometimes they know the programming part, and sometimes I know the you know the monkey and the the monkey report or the subject what we're trying to do, and then they can help put it mm -hmm. together. So we, we've been going through, and he's watched the whole. Um, uh, this guy Christian, this guy I'm working with, and he he worked through, he watched the whole um, workshop we had last year, and he was like, "Oh, there's been so many changes between version four of Monkey Report and now version five. and so just trying to figure out the differences and taking notes, and so hopefully we can post something once we get it working. I mean, we have a basically working module now. I, we have to just clean all the other things I'm doing. <laughs> Is this for your Microsoft? Defender thing for me. Yeah, I'm trying to make a plugin just as a goal because we just started re removing McAfee and replacing it with Microsoft uh, Defender Adva ATP Advanced Threat Protection, and it has a very simple command line. And I was just like, oh well, it would be nice to know, you know, like in Monkey Report, which one, which clients have which version, and which because it can report the health, uh, it can report a few things. So of course, I want that in Monkey Report so I can see at a glance which versions people have and what, uh, you know, if there's any threats or not threats or whatever. And well, I got so excited when I read that you were doing that that I immediately uh, went, went into my auto package and got it to, you know, populate with Defender because I think there was a script for that or something. I, I installed Defender on my Mac and then I realized that I can't use this at all because it requires E3 or something. It requires a Microsoft license, which I don't have and which I don't think my clients are are ever going to have. So. Uh, well, yeah, I still use DetectX and I have that on all my clients and I have that reporting into Monkey Report. So that's great as well. Yeah, DetectX is great. I love but, that. Yeah, there's always the corporate mandated uh, AV solution and then there's the, the one that I use <laughs> and refer to. And so. Well, if Defender is as good as Microsoft Edge for Mac is, like, I, you know, strangely, I want it. You know, this is overcoming my Microsoft bias. <laughs> They're definitely uh, evolving as a company and coming out with some amazing products and they've doubled down for lack of better words on the cloud and Azure and, you know, they're, 
they're rediscovering who they are and what they do and services to provide to people. So kudos to Microsoft for really working yeah. hard. Yeah. And of course the Microsoft team that makes the Mac apps, you know, they're working hard on office and all that. And they've been very responsive on the Slack and having that kind of, uh, you know, feedback cycle, being able to talk to people and get your feedback. That's really helpful. So kudos to Monsieur Le X who is making a module for them. <laughs> very first module. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun, it's a fun exercise. <laughs> I'll bet it is. As well as learning how to podcast, thanks to JD, and learning how to put on a conference and learning how to build a community. It isn't easy. <laughs> You're an expert at putting a conference on now. This is conference number six, right? Yeah, we're hoping that, uh, yeah, yeah, just uh, just get people together and share what we learn and share what everyone else has learned and, um, yeah, pay it forward. I'm going to be doing that the rest of my life. Pay it forward, man. That's the only way to be. Well, thank you. Thank you for doing so much for the community. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Alex. I learn from you all the time. And uh, yeah, you're doing a lot for the community as well. I mean, you, put, you put a lot of great resources over the years out there. You've helped my consulting business, that's for sure. <laughs> and uh, the check's in the mail. <laughs> well, it's nice to be able to do something. I mean, I, nobody was more surprised than me that I was able to make this, this donut graph. I did have a, a little help, Aryan. Uh, posted one line of code for me that, uh, that did something. Oh, the um, took away the extra decimal points. He, he he's just so every all of his code is so amazing. Like he's, <laughs> you know, there's like the, it's almost like there's nothing there. It's like how did he do that? It's magic. There's no there's nothing here. I think PHP is magic because you know you put a wrong comma in and it's very unforgiving and the whole thing crashes down. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And uh, parts of this were um, case sensitive, even. Well, we walk amongst giants and uh, we feed them carefully and uh, we're, we're happy to have them amongst us. We feed them Cartum's donuts, right? <laughs> Cartum's vegan donuts. Yum, yum. So, uh, so is Mac DevOps YVR turning into like what happened to WWDC where first it took three months to sell out and then it took one month and then it took one week and is it is it happening faster every year for you uh definitely i mean there's always people that are just diehards they just have to come back and uh we love people coming back and uh it's definitely building a more international community and people are coming from further and further away and i don't know how they've heard about mac devops but uh, people have heard of the goodwill and I'm really excited to see people uh, in June uh, 2020, and I really hope that everyone can make it out to to Vancouver. It's going to be a great, great conference, Matt. And Vancouver is such a great place to visit. Anyone's listening to this and they haven't been to Vancouver, this is your golden opportunity to get the best of both worlds. I mean, Matt puts on the best conference you can go to. Well, it's thanks to everybody that attends. <laughs> it's certainly been awesome to have you as part of the community, uh, Alex. And I want to thank you for joining this podcast uh, with us. Hey, greatly appreciated. Lots of fun. Well, we'll have you on again because I really want to learn some more stuff from you and you have so much to share. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really just learning it from you guys. You guys are the ones who are teaching me. <laughs> I beg to differ. You're, you're amazing, Alex. And uh, thank you so much. And uh, have an awesome night. Okay, see you in June. Okay, see you in June, Thanks, Alex. Yep, yeah, bye. Hi, everyone. I want to thank our amazing sponsors for MacDevOps YVR 2020. Uh, we couldn't do it without your help and support. 
our platinum sponsor, Max Stadium. Thank you so much. You helped us last year. You're helping us this year. You're just amazing people to work with. Our gold sponsor, Sauce Labs from Vancouver. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, your support means a lot to us. And uh, Simple MDM, our silver sponsor this year. Every year you've been sponsoring us. Uh, thank you so much. Huge shout out to all three. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today for the Mac DevOps podcast. Thank you to our guests and co-hosts. Mac DevOps podcast is a brainchild of Matt X and Chris Johnson. Today's episode was edited by JD Strong. Please like and share this podcast on your favorite podcast service. Yeah, there was a colonel from Winnipeg who got shipped out and his uh, troop train hit a mama bear in uh, White, White River, Northern Ontario or something. And he was a vet before he got conscripted. So uh, he took the cub with him to London and that became the regimental mascot. And it was a female bear that he named after his, the, the city his girlfriend lived in, which was Winnipeg. So he named the bear Winnie. Wow, that's awesome. When he got called up to the front, he had to leave the bear with the London Zoo. And that bear became, you know, that little cub became famous. And that's what A.A. Milne took Christopher Robin to see. And that's why Christopher Robin named his toy bear Winnie, because it used to be called Edward Bear. That is the story of Winnie the Pooh from Winnipeg. <laughs>